Hey everyone, and welcome back to Needs More Jazz Hands. This week we're going to be talking about Duet, which was a crossover episode between the CW's The Flash and Supergirl series. Fans were absolutely begging for a musical episode for years in the Arrowverse, thanks to the overflowing musical talent across the shows. Most noticeable of these may be two former Glee cast members, The Flash and Supergirl themselves, not to mention a series of Broadway performers. Now, whether you liked it or you hated it, it's not hard to see why the producers would want to do a musical episode with the amazing cast they had at their disposal. As usual, if you'd rather watch me gush about the episodes as I watch them, head over to Needs More Jazz Hands on YouTube, where you can see my unfiltered episode reactions. Now diving right in, here's what you need to know about this episode. Technically, the crossover starts in Supergirl Season 2, Episode 16, Starcrossed, where the music meister, our episodic villain uh, of sorts, appears, whammies Kara, and then jumps through a portal to Earth-1. Picking up more or less from there, we go to The Flash Season 3, Episode 17, Duet, where he does the same to Barry. Now, before I dive into the musical episode itself, let's back up and talk about what's been going on in the lives of our heroes. Starting with Barry. Barry sees into the future and discovers that Iris, the woman he loves, is going to be killed by series villain Savitar. So that's basically all that he can think about, and a major chunk of season 3 is him altering little things to try to change the future including proposing to Iris, as she didn't have an engagement ring on in the vision he saw. Now, this is the season where we see Barry fall into the trap that so much of DC entertainment does. Our optimistic hero falls into brooding and delivering monologues about hopelessness. Anyway, long story short, Iris thinks it's totally inappropriate of Barry to only propose in order to stop Savitar, so they break up. Turning to Kara... A man was discovered in a Kryptonian pod at the start of the season, who's revealed to be from Daxum, the sister planet to Krypton that had a very different idea of what's okay, like slavery. The man, Monel, claims to have been a servant saved by the Prince of Daxum. Despite clashing over ideologies and stereotypes, Kara and Monel fall for each other while Kara's trying to teach him how to be a hero. Then, Monel's parents show up with nefarious intentions, and it turns out that Monel was actually the Prince of Daxum, not a random servant. Kara freaks out, both that he lied to her and that he was Prince of a planet that had such backward ideas, and she breaks it off with him. So, suffice to say, our heroes are having some real trouble with trust and love. When they get whammied by our villain, they get thrown into a musical where they have to help the children of rival gang leaders reveal their love to the world. Of course, everyone in the musical has familiar faces, including their respective love interests, as the musical's lovers. Now, this episode really borrows from musical genres conventions to make Carr and Barry learn their lessons about forgiveness and love, even in spite of lies and uncertain futures. They're freed from the musical world by a true love's kiss from their respective partners, and they apply their lessons, with Barry reproposing to Iris for the right reasons, and Carr giving Monel another chance, along with the threat that she'll throw a mountain at him if he lies to her again. I mean, what are you gonna say? So now that you know the plot, let's really dig into this crossover as a musical episode. Starting as we always do with magic, this episode is really fun. 
I love The Dark Knight as much as the next person, but not every superhero story needs to be Nolan-esque, and this episode was fantastic in bringing the happiness and fun back to two of the Arrowverse's most hopeful characters. If I'm being honest, I didn't love this episode when it first came out, for reasons we'll talk about a little bit more down the line. But prepping for this episode was my fourth rewatch? And let me tell you, it grows on me every time. There's so much to enjoy in this episode. I'm obsessed with the chaotic energy of Darren Chris's Music Meister, and the songs give you a little bit of everything you could want from a musical. Ballads, ensemble numbers, upbeat duets, and even a I'm a loving parent song. Which, if you haven't noticed the prevalence of that trend in musicals yet, I want you to just quickly check out for me Hamilton, and The Addams Family Musical, and In the Heights, and Beauty and the Beast, and Sweeney Todd, and Big Fish, and you get the point. Let's also talk about comic book lore for a minute. I'm sure that there are other people who can do a much better job than me on this side of things, but I love every time a live-action portrayal pits magic against Kryptonians, because that is a major weakness of theirs. Most portrayals want to make everything about science, but it's canonical that magic is really effective against Kryptonians, so it's nice to see that be thrown in there and not explained away as some weird technological marvel. So many things get tied into multi-dimensional logics in the Arrowverse, but I love the Music Meister's throwaway comment that they couldn't even begin to understand where he comes from. Stop over-explaining things, CW. There's a lot of joy to be found in characters that we don't know everything about. So honestly, the magic here for me, 2020. Next, the musical impacts the characters. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, we only get one song that actually makes our characters sing about their own struggles, but the musical as a genre makes them work through everything. I actually love how they did this. You know I love a good song that hits at the character's true thoughts, and we get a little bit of that with Running Home to You, my personal favorite of the songs from this musical, but it fits the characters of Cara and Barry so much better to not have them be the stars of this musical. They're helpers, which means that they're completely clueless with their own problems, but are really great at helping others with theirs. Even if they did sing about their feelings, they'd probably struggle to know what to do with them. This way, they help themselves only through giving advice to others in similar situations. I think that this was a genius way to do it. This musical episode is critical to character development. Cara and Barry got so caught up in what they thought was right that they couldn't see anything else. While there are a lot of people who will argue that they were never in the wrong to begin with, they were definitely running with blinders on. By decentering themselves, they were able to get out of their own heads and really confront their own problems. Also, they both admit that everything seems simpler when they're flying or running because they don't need to slow down enough to actually feel or think. By removing their powers, they don't get to hide behind their capes and costumes. This is Kara and Barry unplugged, and they finally slow down enough to work through their problems. Bravo. 20 out of 20. But let's turn to Criteria 3, Impact on the Larger Plot. Now, the central plots of Season 2 of Supergirl and Season 3 of The Flash entirely revolve around their love interests, but that's not all that's going on. The Daxamites want Monel to leave Kara, sure, but they also want to take over Earth and make it new Daxum, where all Earthlings will die or serve them. So whether Kara and Mon-El are together or not, the big threat is stopping the Daxamite invasion. 
Barry and Iris' relationship is significantly more central to the overall plot, since the big issue is whether or not Savitar will kill Iris, but I don't know that they needed a musical episode to get back together. There was little doubt that they would reunite, and honestly, even if they didn't, Barry would still try to keep Savitar from killing Iris. I mean, we could argue that this gave Barry back some of his hope, which would be great, but that's kind of it. The musical episode put two couples back together, which is important. But if you skipped the episode and just saw that they realized they were wrong, I mean, that would be fine. They didn't do much of anything aside from the true love's kiss, which I honestly don't love. The plot of the musical was completely different from the plot of the show, so it's not necessary. I don't care, or even find out, what happens to Millie and Tommy, the in-musical star-crossed lovers. So while I enjoyed myself, and Kara learned to be more trusting, and Barry learned to be more hopeful, the episode doesn't have terribly much impact. I love the way that stakes are set up early. The music meister tells them what they have to do, follow the script, and tells them the danger they're in. Number one, he's taking over Central City. And number two, if they die in the musical, they die in real life. It's a great setup, even when you rewatch and know that he's kind of sort of a good guy. Although honestly, I get more chaotic neutral vibes off of him. It makes a fantastic standalone musical episode. But because it's literally an unrelated story, it's not great as part of a serial show. So how much does the musical impact the overall plot? Don't kill me, but honestly, 5 out of 20. Turning back to things I liked better, let's look at musical quality. As said at the beginning, these shows have a fantastic cast of singers, and it shows. It didn't really make any narrative sense why Cara and Barry's minds would have grabbed characters like Malcolm Merlin and Martin Stein to be in this musical therapy session, but I'm a sucker for John Barrowman and Victor Garber, so I'm going to let it slide. Looking at the songs themselves, I'm going to be a little nitpicky, but I really do love all of them, so bear with me. This one's kind of a weird musical episode in that some of the songs are original and some are not. So let's start with our pre-existing songs. Moon River mostly seemed to be there just to tell us that Kara can sing, though a couple of the lyrics kind of tied into their situation. I think Put a Little Love in Your Heart was a fun way to introduce the characters to the world they were trapped in, though again, a lot of the reason it was there seemed to be to show off the singing skills of some of the less utilized characters. More I Cannot Wish You actually was the only song I felt was integral to the plot of the musical. The absolute beauty of the voices showcased in this one were amazing. Although I kind of wish John Barrowman had harmonized with Victor Garber and Jesse L. Martin at the end, because it felt unintentionally clashing the way that it was done. Anyway, turning to the new songs, we have Super Friend and Runnin' Home to You. Super Friends is fun. It's cheesy and ridiculous, but that's the point. Besides the fun of the song, we do really get to see Cara and Barry bonding, which is probably my favorite thing about the entire episode. If you want to see me make little complaints about this one, head to the YouTube channel, because the way they brought the song to life has some plot holes. But overall, it's a good fun song. I've already told you that I love Running Home to You. I don't love that there are no songs in the musical world, where Barry and Kara express their feelings, but there's something somehow more magical about Barry bringing the song out of the musical to Iris that I just can't resist. It's a sweet song. It's a pun. It comes back at their wedding. It's great. Logistically, though, I'm not really sure when Barry had the time to compose it and create an instrumental track on his phone for it. 
But again, I'll pretty much let that slide because I enjoy it so much. So how did the episode do on musical quality? I'll give it an 18 out of 20. Finally, we turned to the justification of the musical episode. This was where I docked points in Buffy, but I think it's one place this musical episode really shines. There's a musical because A, the music meister appeared and sent them into a musical, and B, Carr and Barry were both watching musicals, which helped generate the world they were thrown into. I will say, I have a bit of a problem with the idea that the world could have been anything when the guy who sent them into it is called the Music Meister. But if we just think of him as a trickster magical being, I think it works great. It makes perfect sense that Carr and Barry would build a musical world, and the Music Meister is a really fun character. I know that there are a lot of fans who don't love the way he was portrayed because it's so different from Neil Patrick Harris's Music Meister in Batman the Brave and the Bold which we will be talking about next episode. But he was a fun character, and the motive of teaching Carr and Barry, and kind of Wally, although that was a little bit weak, a lesson really worked. The villain, if we want to call him that, was a strong point in this episode. He had reasonable motivations, and it created a world that made sense. So I'll give 19 out of 20 points here. If we put all five categories together, Duet earns an 82. It's a great episode, and it's a lot of fun, but it suffers some from being such a standalone episode. It's skippable, and that's not what you want when you're pouring time and money into creating a musical episode. Next episode, we'll be jumping back from 2017 to 2009 to see the origins of the Music Meister and how he caused havoc in Batman the Brave and the Bold. The Watch and Talk video for that episode will be up next week, and then I'll be back in two weeks to talk to you about what I thought about the episode and how it stacks up to the other musical episodes we've seen so far.